Welcome to the Cashflow Ninja, the podcast sharing how to create and grow income streams and manage, multiply, and protect your wealth in the new economy. Are you tired of trading your time for money? Do you desire freedom today instead of retirement in 10, 20, or 30 years? I'm MC Lobsher, and this is the Cashflow Ninja. Hello, Cashflow Ninjas. MC Lobsher here, and welcome to another episode of the Cashflow Ninja. I have a great show for you today. In today's show, we're going to look at stock market strategies. My guest in this episode is Jason Bond. Jason went from being $250,000 in debt as a teacher with his master's degree to teaching thousands how to make money trading. He's trained well over 10,000 paid members and is the number one stock trading stock advisory service on Trustpilot, which is the best member review site in the world. He's the co-founder of the trading education powerhouse, Raging Bull, and has been featured on Forbes, The Street, Huffington Post, Investing.com, Seeking Alpha, as well as the floor of the New York Stock Exchange. If you're interested in joining our investors group, you can go to cashflowninja.com forward slash investors group and fill out an application form and or email me at info cashflowninja.com to start the discussion to see if you're a good fit for our group. And if you're living in the Philadelphia, Bucks County, and Southern New Jersey area, we are hosting a live investors meetup event every month in Newtown, Pennsylvania. For more information on the monthly event and information on how to join us at our next live event, you could go to cashflowninja.com forward slash events. If you are like many of the listeners of the show, you're always looking for unique ways to protect and grow your hard-earned capital. But sometimes, that's easier said than done. The key to investing late in the cycle is identifying favorable opportunities on a risk-adjusted basis. That's where our friends at ASIM Capital come in. Since 2011, ASIM has helped more than 300 accredited investors allocate more than $20 million to mobile home parks, self-storage, and workforce housing due to the ability to generate asymmetric returns while protecting their investors' portfolios. If you're interested in learning more, head over to asymcapital.com. That's A-S-Y-M-Capital.com to get instant access to their investment offerings. MC Lobshire, the host of the Cashflow Ninja podcast and also the president and chief wealth and investment strategist of Producers Wealth, where we help our clients integrate cashflow banking, also known as infinite banking, with their business and investments. If you're interested in learning more about how we create strategies that integrate cashflow banking and investments to turbocharge them, you can access a video series at yourownbankingsystem.com. That's your own banking system.com. Jason, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me here today. Yeah, great to connect and uh, great to, to speak with you uh, before I interview as well. We're going to have a lot of fun here. But before we dive into our discussion for today, Jason, could you please share a little bit about your background and journey with my listeners? Oh, yeah, absolutely. So, you know, interesting story. Um, first in my family to go to college. And the reason I did that is because I wanted to play pro baseball. Uh, out of high school, I had a tryout with the Atlanta Braves, and I didn't make it. So I knew to continue my, my dream of playing baseball, I, I needed to go to college so that I could continue playing. Uh, and so first in my family to figure out like how to go from high school to college, which was really confusing. Um, I kind of grew up in a, in a dysfunctional household, if you will. 
and there wasn't a lot of focus on education or going to college. So just figuring that out was difficult. Um, but I ended up playing baseball in college and uh, didn't go pro, unfortunately, um, which was really disappointing for me. But it was also an eye opener because for the first time in my life, I realized I'm going to have to do something other than play baseball. Uh, so <laughs> I ended up being a school teacher uh, of all things. And to be honest with you, it was just one of those situations where student loans were adding up and I had to pick something uh, prior, to, prior to going on to be a school teacher. Uh, one of my majors was marketing. I was an accounting major. I went to a college for physical therapy. Um, so I was bouncing around in different, different professions uh, while in college. And, you know, I, I kind of came to the end of my fifth year and I, I well, in my fourth year, I had picked uh, being a teacher. And so that's what I focused on. And I ended up getting a, getting a teaching job before I graduated. And, and that's what I did for the next 10 years of my life. And then you transitioned from a teacher to building a $50 million plus business. What are some of the biggest lessons that you learned as a teacher? What role did that play? Because you, as you and I discussed beforehand, I mean, teachers are so well organized and there are several skill sets that they possess and have that they might not even be aware of. Yeah, it's, you know, it's funny. I don't think I would have left being a teacher if that dream of a middle-class lifestyle escaped me. Uh, my wife and I both went on to be teachers. We are in New York State, so you have to have a master's degree. And I bring that up because the degree brought additional student loans. So uh, being the first in my family to go to college, I paid for my education, took on a lot of student loans, paid for my master's degree, took on a lot of student loans. Wife did the same, undergraduate master's degree. Uh, so we were burdened with about a quarter million dollars in debt after 10 years of teaching. I, I was in my seventh year when I, when I started to think, you know, this isn't going to work out. Uh, seventh year as a teacher. My wife was in her fourth year as a teacher. Uh, by the time I got to my 10th year as a teacher, I, I was studying to be a principal to make more money doing my second master's degree. And I thought, you know what? I'd be better off learning how to build a business here because the upside isn't limited to a salary. Um, so that was kind of the transition point to me, just kind of realizing we had no net worth. We had a negative net worth of a quarter million dollars. And so I, I leaned over one morning before teaching and I, and I told my wife, I, I think I need to resign my job. I'm going to figure out how to build a business and I'm going to do it teaching people how to trade stocks. She, of course, was skeptical, but gave me permission. We had the income from her job for me to take the risk. Uh, we didn't have children at the time, so we were able to, uh, were able to take a shot like that. Um, but I'll tell you, it was really scary. What I learned in teaching that helped me be, um, be effective at business uh, started very early on. You know, when I graduated college, there were 200 or so other majors with physical education degrees. And I was the only person uh, to go on to have a teaching job before graduation ceremony. I, I was hired to teach elementary physical education before I had graduated. And of the other 200 people there, they didn't have a job. And what I learned right in that moment is that life is competitive. Uh, <laughs> just because you have a college degree doesn't mean you're going to be a teacher. Uh, you need to get that teaching job. And I figured that out. And then in that um, 10 years of teaching, I also learned that just because you have your desired career doesn't mean you're ever going to have money. And I guess I should have known that going into being a teacher. Nobody, nobody goes into teaching to be rich. But I went into teaching just because, well, I loved working with people, but you have to pick when you're in college. You know, you're kind of like on this continuum and you have to pick a major. And I truly didn't know what I wanted to do. So I picked teaching. And then I did that. And after a decade, I realized, wow, I'm going to be broke forever. <laughs> and 
and I was doing a great service for kids, but ultimately I chose my family's financial situation over continuing to be a teacher. And you just, uh, I mean, you're still a teacher today, right? You're just fulfilling your mission as a teacher in a different way. Can you talk a little bit about the business um, and elaborate on the business that you've built and how you're still fulfilling your mission deep down as this teacher helping other people? Yeah, you bet. You know, so as, as an elementary school teacher, um, I also coached a lot of sports. I loved what I was doing. I felt like it was really good fit. I, um, I started to look into what businesses I could do that would supplement my teaching. And so I started a roofing business and I would roof all summer long. And I did it by myself because I couldn't afford to buy workers' compensation for workers or, or insurance to insure those workers since I was only doing it 10 weeks over the summer. And I realized when I ran my roofing company that being in business um, was, was complex. There was a lot more to it than just, I own this business, I'm going to put roofs on house, and I'm going to get rich that way. I found out that I was limited by the amount of hours during the day. I found out that I, in, in the best case scenario across those 10 weeks that you have off as a teacher, I might be able to make like ten dollars to $20,000 putting roofs on houses. And to do that, I was really hustling. I was working long days, taking a lot of risk, being in some, uh, in, in some difficult pitches on roofs. And, and that opened my eyes to, I need upside. And whatever I do next as a business, I need upside. And I didn't honestly in that time know what that would be. But stock trading, I think to a lot of people is interesting because you see people who are good at it, whether it's a hedge fund or Warren Buffett, whoever whoever out there in the world that kind of builds companies, trades stocks, and is successful, you you understand that they make unlimited amount of money. There's, There's no roof on their earnings potential. And so I knew that both in trading or in business, I needed something that was going to be like that, that, that gave me the potential to earn relative to how good I was or how much I wanted to work. And uh, that kind of led me into stock trading. And as you noted, I'm still teaching. I thought, all right, you know, I, I looked into stock trading and, and the, the research said like 95% of people who try this lose. So immediately I thought, wow, I probably shouldn't try this. But then I thought, all right, I graduated college and I had a teaching job. Nobody else did. The other 200 majors didn't. I did. So I beat those odds. Could I beat these odds? And if I could, I have a master's in education. Heck, I was doing a second master's to be a principal. So I'm qualified to teach to people, but I I need to know my discipline. So I sought a mentor, uh, Jeff Bishop, my now business partner. I said, if you teach me how to trade, I'll in turn teach that to as many people as possible. But I really need to know how to trade how to do it well, um, and how to do it in all markets, et cetera. And that was kind of the mission. And it, it, as you noted, it's turned into a $50 million business. Yeah, that's fantastic. Um, let's talk a little bit about the trading side, because uh, there's a psychology sure. to this and a philosophical approach. What's your philosophical approach to uh, creating and building wealth? Yeah, so what I've seen in training thousands and thousands of people, so I, I became a good stock trader having a small account. Initially, I gra- gravitated towards stocks under 10. Uh, so your Blue Aprons of the world, I think Blue Apron right now, everybody knows the company, but most people probably don't know it's a tradable stock. And the price of it, you know, people look at Blue Apron, they think, oh, that's probably a great company. But 
the company itself trades for a dollar. So it's considered a penny stock. You know, they don't make money. They lose a lot of money. Um, so a great company, but not profitable. And those were the companies that I kind of gravitated towards because uh, with a small portfolio kind of coming out of teaching into trading, uh, that that made the most sense to me. I didn't have anything more than five to $10,000 to to buy Apple or Google. The percentage moves there weren't big enough. I didn't know how to trade options. So I really got into trading these companies like Groupon. I think it trades for three bucks. Blue Apron trades for a dollar. And I was looking for them to kind of go from, uh, in Blue Apron's case, one to two, or, or Groupon's case, three to six. Like I was looking for huge moves. And, and from time to time, if you're reading the newspaper, you'll hear about Blue Apron going from one to two. And you think that that happens often. And what you come to find out as a stock trader, it doesn't. But in those smaller companies, which I, which I ended up liking, you know, stocks under 10, let's say, um, some refer to them as penny stocks, I call them small caps, but basically stocks under 10. Most of them are horrible companies. Um, most of them are not profitable. Uh, and that's why they trade under 10. So we know that. And most people won't trade stocks under 10 for that reason. But here's what I learned. Horrible companies have bad news all the time because they're horrible and they crash, but they don't go bankrupt, which means they don't stop trading. And so they eventually bounce. And so I lurk looking for horrible companies to have horrible news. And once they've crashed, I come in and I bottom feed. I call it a fish hook. It's an oversold chart pattern. It's nothing new. I have found that to be the most predictable way to make a 10% return on what I call a swing trade. Most people don't know swing trading, but it's not day trading where you're buying and selling the same day. And it's not long-term trading where you hold for years. It's that in-between time. So a week or two, sometimes a month, where a company crashes on horrible news. Again, companies under 10 do this all the time. But then they turn the corner. And in the case of Blue Apron, it does turn the corner from time to time. It'll go from one to three because they'll ink a deal with Walmart and start putting their products on Walmart shelves or Weight Watchers will team up with Blue Apron and that'll cause the stock to rise. So once they've crashed, these companies are trying to defend their stock price and they'll often turn a corner and have a series of good news or good events. And so I just lurk for bad events, wait for them to bottom out and play for the bounces. And uh, is there a watch list that you compile of all these companies? What are some of the, the, the research that goes into this? If you can uh, speak to that a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So um, not only do companies crash all the time, but they often have great news uh, and that's a breakout. So these, these stocks under 10 are often inking deals with much larger companies. So again, Groupon, Blue Apron, they'll have horrible news, then they'll have good news. So you can either play the bounce or you can play them when they're screaming higher. And that's really all I do. And the way that I do that is I just use a scanner. Um, Trade Ideas is one that I use. Equity Feed is another that I use. Finviz is another that I use. Basically, I'm looking for today's hottest stocks under $10 or $20. And I'm looking for the type of news that they're putting out. Are they having horrible news? So I'm waiting for that inevitable bounce. Or are they having great news and they're screaming higher? And can I latch on to that momentum? What I do is I find those companies. It's not hard. They're, if they're crashing, scanners pick up on it. If they're screaming higher, scanners pick up on it. And then I build a pocket or a little bundle of them every day, which as you noted, I call a watch list. So every day I put out a pocket of stocks that are crashing, that we're watching for a bounce, or that are screaming higher, that we're trying to find little segments where we can trade along with that scream. I don't look for anything abnormal within this watch list. I'm gunning for 10% moves. And these stocks often have 20, 30, 50% moves, but I've found 
that that's very hard to hit predictably. So I just look for a 10% gain on a company that maybe goes from three to 330 or a 10% gain on a company that's screaming from five to 20 and it happens all the time. And within there, I try and find a safe 10%. And a lot of people are like, well, why don't you go for the five to $20 move? And I would argue that it's next to impossible. Afterwards, when you look at it, you're like, ah, how did I miss that? But once you become a seasoned trader, you realize that's not possible. So I'm a base hit trader looking for 10% on stocks that are either crashing or screaming higher. And then once I identify a safe pattern, what I deem to be a safe pattern within this volatility, I'll send a buy and sell alert to my members in real time. And people absolutely love it. It's grown out. It's grown to be a huge um, service within Raging Bull. And from that, I was able to find other amazing traders and we kind of launched their services. And so now we might have 10 services, six or seven teachers, all real money traders, all with a track record of having made a ton of money trading. And they teach their strategies to people. And that's how we've grown it from just my avenue of trading to options trading, large cap trading, um, short selling, uh, all sorts of different trading strategies, long, short term, day trading. We cover it all, different teachers cover it. And that's how Raging Bull has grown to be so big. Yeah, that's fantastic. And as you mentioned, there's so many different uh, ways of doing it and different strategies. You've mentioned options. I'm just thinking of there's a ton of cash flow focused strategies based just on that. And then obviously a lot of opportunity and the volatility that you just described for uh, the smaller stocks. Um, the newsletter that you send out to the folks too, is that on a weekly basis? Is that on a monthly basis? So my, my core service, Jason Bond Picks, focuses on stocks under 10, uh, often stocks under 20. That is a daily watch list that goes out. These are very active traders. They're not day traders, but they're looking for action. So um, again, just as a reference point to a company everybody would know, Groupon, I think trades for three bucks or whatever right now. If it had horrible news and it dropped to two, it would be on my watch list and we would be scouting it for what will eventually be a bounce. Groupon has had a ton of huge drops over the years and it's had a ton of bounces afterwards. So I'm looking for those every single day. And then every single day, there's companies that have amazing news, again, often inking a deal with a much bigger company and those headlines cause the stock to spike. And I'll just look for Fibonacci retracements inside of that. So every day I'm putting out this basket of ideas and then every day, when appropriate, I'll send a few trade alerts if I feel like that trade has set up properly. You know, not every stock that crashes bounces. So often they'll crash, have a, what we call a bear flag, and then crash again. So it's not like a company that crashes is an automatic bounce opportunity. And that's where kind of what I call stalking comes into play. So we build these daily watch lists. We're stalking these trade ideas until they become an actionable idea. You're listening to The Cashflow Ninja, the show helping people all over the world create monthly cash flow and achieve freedom today, not in 10, 20, 30, and or 40 years. This is a show where cash is not king, but cash flow is king. We will be right back after a word from our sponsors. My friend Dave Zook says, you can be conventional or you can be wealthy. 
pick one. Dave and his team at The Real Asset Investor have syndicated many successful real estate and ATM projects over the last decade. Now his team has an exclusive opportunity for investors in the coal space. Do you want to be part of an energy project that takes conventional coal and cleans it up by extracting liquids while releasing almost zero emissions? The sale of these liquids can produce strong double-digit cash flow and aggressive tax benefits against ordinary income, all while using America's number one most plentiful resource in a responsible, efficient manner. Now that's non-conventional. For more information on this exclusive opportunity, you can visit therealassetinvestor.com or contact the Real Asset Investor team at info at therealassetinvestor.com. Are you having a hard time finding great investment properties? Unfortunately, the best deals are rarely found locally. Successful investing begins with the right properties in the right markets. Norada Real Estate provides everything you need to invest in the best deals across the United States. Our simple proven system will help you create real wealth and passive monthly cash flow. Learn how to find the best deals by downloading your free copy of The Ultimate Guide to Passive Real Estate Investing at noradarealestate.com. That's N-O-R-A-D-A realestate.com. You're listening to The Cashflow Ninja, the show helping people all over the world create monthly cash flow and achieve freedom today, not in 10, 20, 30, and or 40 years. This is the show where cash is not king, but cash flow is king. Now let's return to our interview. Now, for uh, listeners that are not familiar with stock trading, and or maybe this is some of the first exposure that they have, uh, your approach is more on the technical side, um, as opposed to the overall fundamental side. Maybe for uh, you could just give us a little bit of a primer uh, for newbie investors on that too. The difference between the whole fundamental approach and fundamentals sure. investing, and also then, as you mentioned and alluded to, a little bit more of the technical stuff. Yeah, technical trading, so swing trading, um, by definition, if you were to Google it, it it lends itself to technical trading. And that's because it's a more active style of trading. And so if you're actively trading, it suggests you're not going to have the time unless you have a research team, which isn't the case with a, a, a retail trader. Um, technical or, or swing trading, you, essentially the definition of swing trading is looking for a profit in the next one to four days on a technical setup. And the reason they say that technically, so chart patterns, is because you're not going to have the time to put on a lot of swing trades, trades that are happening in one to four days, and do extensive research on the companies. So they they don't lend themselves to long-term positions fundamentally. And again, I will say this on stocks under 10. Most of them are fundamentally horrible in the first place. They generally don't trade under 10 if they're good companies. And by good, I mean they have uh, earnings potential moving forward or, or they have you know, the, the potential to be profitable. These are these are companies that are questionable. Again, Blue Apron. I love getting Blue Apron in the mail. My wife and I cook the meals. It's a great concept, but does it have the potential to make money? And it's priced at a dollar because most of Wall Street, the bigger investment firms don't believe so. That doesn't mean that within that dollar uh, price action, it's not going to have a move to $2. And a technical trader can spot, spot chart setups. A bull flag would be one. Everybody can understand that, uh, the geometric shape of what a bullish flag would look like or a bullish pennant. So we look for these bullish flags, these bullish pennants, and we play those patterns, and those are your breakout patterns. Or we look for what appears to be a fish hook. 
uh, which is nothing more than a stock crashing and then eventually bouncing. So it looks like the letter J or a fish hook. So you'll hear people refer to it as a J hook or a fish hook. Those are technical patterns, a bullish flag, a bullish pennant, a J hook, a fish hook. Those are patterns that exist, that exist on a chart as a result of good or bad news. And so they're happening every day. You don't have a ton of time to look at the research, but you can identify the catalyst. So I look for the best chart pattern with the best catalyst. And by catalyst, I mean, um, again, Blue Apron recently said that they're doing business with Weight Watchers. Weight Watchers, of course, uh, has Oprah Winfrey in it. So Weight Watchers being a much bigger company, also with Oprah Winfrey as a big investor, this is good news for a meal kit company, uh, Blue Apron. And so that causes the stock to go up. And that's what I refer to as a catalyst. So anytime a smaller company has news with a larger company, with a, with a, a celebrity profile attached to it, like Oprah in this case, it's going to cause action around the stock. So that would be a catalyst. But I don't just buy it randomly because of the catalyst. I look for the chart setups first, and then I try and identify by reading company filings on Edgar what those catalysts might be moving forward, and I try and tie my trades accordingly. Now, charity plays a very big part in what you do, and charitable giving uh, is a part of your overall philosophy. Maybe if you can touch a little bit on that, and I know you've got a a, a fantastic story that you'd share too about one of the students um, and how it kind of brings uh, brings everything together in 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 with regards to your mission. Yeah, it's it's such a it's been such a crazy sequence for me because it's only been uh, six or seven years that I've been out of teaching. So I taught for a decade. The focus there, of course, is on the kids. It's not on making money. At one point in time, I decided I need to make money for my family, and I'm not going to be able to do it here. So I have to resign. And I, and, I, and I started building this business, which meant I need to learn how to trade. So that was the first and foremost thing. All of the energy was focused on my myself. Like, I need to learn how to trade. I need to find mentors who are willing to teach me. I need to know this well enough that I can teach it to the 95% of people who dip their toe in the water and end up losing their money. Like, I need to know this so well that I can help people stop losing money and make money. So that was the primary focus early on. And I did that effectively. I started to get a lot of attention in the media helping people grow portfolios. I have a few clients fully audited that have gone from just a few thousand dollars. Uh, Kyle Dennis is an example. UCLA grad, $80,000 in student loans, studying to be a doctor, working in a cubicle as a real estate acquisitions analyst, uh, stumbles upon one of my ads, joins my newsletter, doesn't really like it, leaves, decides to come back six months later, gets serious about it, goes on to make, he, he's closing in at the age of 28 years old on $7 million in trading profits. Like I said, fully audited, right? All right, so it started with just me. I need to learn how to trade. I need to make money trading. And as I started to do that, I would just shout on social media or into the world, I'm doing it. I, I, yeah, I went from being a broke school teacher to a successful trader, and I'm showing other people how to do it too, and here's the evidence. So that was very early on. And then it became, how can I do things like I did when I was a public school teacher? Again, as a teacher, you're, you're not expecting to get rich. Um, I didn't have that in my mind when I got into teaching. Um, nobody does. How can I give back now that I'm making lots of money? Now that, now that I'm a multimillionaire, what can I do in this arena that could be good? And my, my wife, my son, and I were out to, um, out to lunch in Portsmouth here in New Hampshire. Uh, so there's a, there's a naval base and there was a bunch of soldiers. There's a bunch of uh, guys from the Navy eating lunch there too. And I thought, you know, wouldn't it be nice if I just 
bought these guys lunch. It was like uh, seven guys. They were dressed in their camo. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to buy these guys lunch. I think that'll be nice. So I went up to the bar. I told the bartender, you know, their, their lunch, their drinks, it's going to be on my wife's son and I. And so they were so thankful. We took a picture. I talked to these guys for a while. That day I went home and I said, I'm going to donate my trading profits to charity this year. Um, I believe that was 2017. So I, I ended up making $232,000 uh, in 2017 through the second week of December. And we donated that all to charities, some charities that clients of ours picked, some that we picked. We ended up giving it away to about 16 charities. And I thought, this is awesome. Like people were so excited about that within my service on social media. It just, it was such a cool thing to do. Um, I went on to make 50,000 more in 2017 after I cut that check in the last two weeks, mostly on Bitcoin uh, penny stocks. I went to, um, I went to go on to make $50,000 more that year. I didn't donate that part. Um, 2018 kind of went back to normal things, trading, keeping the money. Um, 2019 thought, you know what? I'm going to go back to giving all of my profits to charity. That was a really cool thing I did in 2017. I'm going to do that for all of 2019. I go on to have one of my best starts ever, and I'm convinced it's like karma. Like I made $276,000 trading on a $200,000 portfolio in the first two months of 2019 this year. Uh, and the, the thesis was I'm going to trade for charity everything that I make relative to Jason Bond picks. So uh, the profits from Jason Bond picks trading is going to go to charity. And I had my best start ever. Um, uh, it was like, what is that? About 150% return. in the first two months, I literally just stopped. I said, I'm done. That's it. Cause I've never been that hot. Um, everything aligned. And I'm convinced that's kind of good things happen when you do good things. And now also, you know, uh, they say, you know, um, luck is preparation meeting opportunity. Uh, you know, so there's all of those things that you could pull into it. Maybe, it, maybe it wasn't divine intervention or whatever you want to say there, but certainly my best start ever to a trading year. And, and when I was doing that, one of my star students who's gone on to teach biotech trading in the Raging Bull Network, Kyle Dennis, the, the kid I was telling you about that went from 15,000 to almost 7 million now, he has a biotech trading service. And he said, you know what? That is awesome what you're doing, Jason. I'm going to donate my trading profits from my biotech newsletters to charity as well. For him, last I checked, that's close to a quarter million three months into 2019. So I made 276 in two months, stopped trading real money, donating that to charity. He's made close to 250 so far. We're giving a half a million dollars away to charities. So we said, all right, well, we probably need a foundation then. So we created giving.ragingbull.com. And that's where I'd love everybody to check out if they do want to check out more about us, because that's the most exciting thing I'm doing right now. And I guess the reason it's exciting is just having lunch and seeing these, these people in the military who are, who are defending the country and allowing me this opportunity to build a $50 million company to trade stocks in the first place or do essentially whatever I want to do, right? To have the freedom to quit my teaching job and start a business. It all depends on these guys in this naval base protecting this country, right? And so I just bought them lunch and then I thought, all right, I'll give my 2017 trading profits to charity. One of those charities ended up being the Wounded Warriors, kind of tied into that, that whole event. And then it kind of circulated back to, well, let's create a foundation and give all of my 2019 trading profits to charity. Then I have my best two months ever and made $276,000 real money and all that's been, being given to charity. And then one of the people that I trained to trade, who went on to be wildly successful and now trains other people to trade, is doing the same thing. Just to me, that's like such a cool 
continuum of me being a teacher first and also happening to run a successful business, also happening to learn how to trade stocks successfully, et cetera. I get so excited about this. Sorry, I've probably been rambling. No, that's fantastic. And uh, this has been a journey and uh, you are a lifelong learner, continuing to learn. Uh, and that's one of the things that I've observed from wealthy and successful people is that they're always studying new subjects and learning new skill sets. What are you currently studying and learning? Uh, two things. As, as my wealth has grown, um, as a school teacher, um, I really never thought about the end game. It was more going after the pension. So I'll teach successfully for 30 years, I'll coach sports, and at the end of it, I'll get a pension and health benefits, and, and that'll be how I retire. And as an entrepreneur, I've learned I'm kind of responsible for my own retirement. And of course, I've made a lot of money. Um, one of my mantras is that I pay everything cash, so I don't have a credit score. Uh, when I got out of debt, I decided to do that, kind of a Dave Ramsey thing. Um, so to this day, my wife and I still have no credit score. We don't take on any debt. Um, so we live well below our means. And I'm having to figure out what to do with my, um, my, my larger sums of money at scale. So learning about municipal bonds, for example, and getting a municipal bond portfolio is something I've done recently. Might not sound um, that interesting to a ton of people. In fact, it's not. You're talking about 4 or 5%, but it is tax-free income. Uh, and so learning that, and it's not complicated, but having you know, larger amounts of money to be able to do that and even learn what it is. Like when somebody said, oh, you know, you're making millions now, you should probably do, you know, municipal bonds, um, tax-free municipal bonds. And, and like, to, you know, I know stocks, but I didn't even know what that was. And so having to learn, you know, about something like that is one of the things that I'm studying right now, uh, learning how to get into real estate. So buying, you know, 50, 70 unit buildings uh, is something that I'm studying right now. Places where I can take the money that I'm making in my business and grow it safely and effectively uh, moving forward. So, you know, my stock trading is what I consider to be the tool that I use to teach other people how to maybe get out of debt or achieve some things that they want to achieve. Um, and, and it's really, you know, my style of trading is really a risk on style of trading. So you would only do it with a, a small portion of your portfolio. You know, a, a lot of people come here and they either don't have money or they do have a lot of money to my service. Um, but the people who do have money, they're allocating a small percentage of their money, maybe five or 10% towards this strategy. And, and the same is for me. So with these larger amounts of money, this is a new problem for me. Like having to figure out how do you safely invest this amount of money? You know, do you just put it in Vanguard and put it into the total stock market index fund or are there other ways? And that's really, if I had to share with the audience, um, where I'm at now. And it's a good problem to have, by the way. Absolutely. Now, core message in our show is to leave our families, communities, and the world better than we found it by passing down a mindset, values, and principles to future generations, not just money. So if you cannot pass on any money to future generations, and we're only allowed to pass on three principles to them to build wealth and achieve happiness and success, what would they be? Well, the first thing, the first that I found out in the last seven years of building this is that money, people say it all the time, sounds cliche, isn't everything. And I totally would agree with that now. It doesn't bring happiness. Uh, it, it, in, in my experience, it didn't make me a better person. Um, money was not necessarily the answer. And I had to dig into other areas to find fulfillment uh, once I left teaching. I was very fulfilled as a teacher and I loved working with kids and coaching sports. 
and I was very happy. It was in that moment when I thought I need to have more for my family. You know, we'll never have more than a, a few thousand dollars in the bank account if we keep doing this. Um, that I decided to go and make that money. And in that transition, if I wasn't teaching people, I feel like I would truly be lost. Um, you know, I, I make a lot of money now and that's great, but I started buying tons of jewelry for my wife very early on. She didn't even necessarily enjoy it. Um, I was buying for the gratification of I could. Uh, I started buying nicer cars, um, upgrading things that I wouldn't have naturally upgraded just because I could. And it didn't bring fulfillment. It did for like a week. And then that would leave and you would be on to that next rush. And so if I could leave anything with people is I found personally going from a quarter million dollars in debt to a multimillionaire, money definitely didn't make me a better person. I didn't find fulfillment with money. Sure, it solves things. Like you can buy that nicer car. You can upgrade your house. You can take nicer vacations. And those are nice things to have. But that didn't necessarily bring fulfillment. So that would be number one. Uh, the, the second thing that I found doing all of this, um, and this is not to say that people should quit their job because I don't think people should, but I found that working for someone else wasn't going to diminish my odds of being rich. In this case, a public schools, um, but a lot of other people work to make other people rich and they are an asset to those people that they're making rich, but not to themselves. And this is a hard one for a lot of people to stop, swallow, but my business, not my trading, I've become a successful trader, but it is a fraction of my net worth. My net worth was built by teaching other people to trade stocks. So I identified a problem. Most people lose money trading stocks, but they do it anyways. If I can get good at trading stocks, I can solve their problem. So if you want to get into business, don't think about quitting your career. You can learn how to fix a problem as a side hustle. And then if that side hustle goes on to be something that you want to grow bigger, go ahead and do it. But I don't ever suggest people quit their careers to trade stocks or quit their careers to start a business. First, identify a problem, solve that problem effectively, and then that might lead to another career. That's kind of how I did it. So that's why I suggest that. Jason, where can my listeners learn more about you? Where can they learn more about your company and all of your services and stay informed of all of the uh, projects that you're involved with? Yeah, sure. Thanks so much for asking. Uh, Giving.ragingbull.com is our new foundation. I'm really proud of that. Uh, we just launched that in the last month. Like I said, we were already giving away uh, $500,000 in 2019 trading profits to it. So we let our clients pick those organizations. That's giving.ragingbull.com. Of course, RagingBull.com is the umbrella company. This is where we feature all of our stock traders. So we have low-risk stock traders uh, who are trading uh, much less risky strategies than mine. We have higher-risk stock traders who are trading um, much higher risk than mine. So that's kind of our umbrella where we feature all of our traders and our trading education. So giving.RagingBull.com is the foundation, and RagingBull.com is our umbrella company. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing your journey and your knowledge and providing so much value for my listeners. Hey, I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me on and I wish everyone the best of luck. Life settlement investments have allowed financial and banking institutions to not only buy their equity contractually, but also diversify their capital from any economic market and geopolitical risk. It's been part of the billion dollar blueprint followed by institutional investors. And if you're an accredited investor, you can also now participate in this vehicle with enormous growth potential. You can watch an informational webinar 
presented by one of the premier organizations providing life settlement investments for number of solutions at cashflowninja.com forward slash life settlements. Thank you again for joining me on the Cashflow Ninja. If you like what you hear and appreciate what we're trying to build here, please subscribe, rate, and write a review for our show on iTunes and share our show with family, friends, and your network. If you're not a subscriber to our newsletter, you can sign up for our newsletter at CashflowNinja.com. I want to thank you for spending your most precious resource with me today, your time. Until next time, my friend, live a life of passion and purpose on your terms. presentation is for educational and informational purposes only. The information being presented and considered does not consider your particular financial objectives or situation, and it does not make personalized recommendations. This material is not intended to replace the advice of a qualified tax and legal advisor or other qualified professionals, and you should not use the information in place of a customized consultation with a licensed professional regarding your specific personal financial objectives, situation and needs. We believe the information provided is reliable, but we do not guarantee its accuracy, timeliness, or completeness.